Yes, praise be to God. I hope you're safe. I hope the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is a day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and we shall be glad in it. Thank you for joining us for our study of the Bible. And here we study the Bible. We aim to study from the book of Genesis to Revelation. By the grace of God, we have done 25 books of the Bible. If you've not been able to listen to the podcast with Dan, straight from the book of Genesis. You can find them on all podcast platforms. That is Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer. Apple Podcast, Podbin, name it, you'll find us there. And I believe the Lord shall speak to you as we listen because there is no limitation to revelation. God reveals his word to everybody who shows the need. If you want God to speak to you, he will come out and he will speak to you. And uh, that's why we take time to study and believe God to speak to us. God can speak to you. That is something you need to believe. You know, sometimes as Christians... We think that God can't speak to us. We think that there should be a medium all the time that goes to God on your behalf. But you need to know that God has given you his spirit, the Holy Spirit. God himself dwells in us and he's able to reveal to us each and everything. He speaks to us his word. He speaks what is required of life. He speaks to you, reveals to you even when you're reading your word of God. He comes out and tells you, this is what God is speaking to you. Each and every occasion is a new word that comes from a portion of scripture you've read before. For your given circumstance, God speaks in a given way at a given time with the same scripture. That's how marvelous it is because the word of the Lord is alive. Each and every day, it speaks new to us. It gives us a new message. So I ask you, if you've not been able to listen, to please go, check out, listen, and read the word, and God shall speak to you. We started our book of Ezekiel, and today I want us to continue with chapter 4 of the book of Ezekiel. It starts by saying, Now you son of man, get yourself a brick, place it before you, and inscribe a city on it. What city is he telling him to inscribe on that brick? He's telling Ezekiel. He's telling him right on that city, Jerusalem. So pick a brick and inscribe on that brick the name Jerusalem. Then he tells him, lay a siege against it, build a siege wall, raise a ramp, pitch camps, and place battering rams around it all. It's like He's doing a, he's doing some architecture, all some art of sort, yeah, with bricks and whatever he's going to come up with, so that he is able to get out what God is trying to show him, yeah. So he says, you're going to get a brick, write Jerusalem on it, represents Jerusalem. Then around it, yeah, you're going to build a siege wall, you're going to put a ramp, you're going to put pitch camps, you're going to put battering rams around it. Yeah, so people who will see you will wonder what's wrong with this old man playing in the ground, yeah, on in, in dust and putting up things because those are things you normally see children do. And it says, Then get yourself an iron plate and set it as an iron wall between you and the city. After you've built that city very well, hmm, get a plate of iron or a piece of iron. And put it between you and the city. This should be an iron wall. And he tells him, And set your face toward it, 
so that it is under siege and besieged. This is a sign to the house of Israel. As you as for you lie down on the left side and lay the iniquity yeah he tells him of the house of Israel on it you shall bear their iniquity for the number of days that you lie on it for i have assigned you a number of days corresponding to the years of their iniquity 390 days he tells him thus you shall bear the iniquity of the house of Israel just right there where he's built his peace is going to lie there yeah and be there for 390 days when you have completed this you shall lie down a second time but on the right side and bear the iniquity of the house of judah now on the uh, what is being told to lie on the left side it's for the iniquity of the house of israel remember those are different those are the ten tribes that were lying in the north, north that were seated in the north. Yeah, those ten tribes that are called the lost tribes of Israel. Then after that, he's told, after he's finished the 390 days, he's told he'll go to the right side and now bear the iniquity, bear the sin, bear the wickedness, bear the pain that that nation has caused. As far as disobedience to God is concerned, as Ezekiel, People who bear pain. Now he is bearing the iniquity of the house of Judah on the right side. And he tells him, I have assigned it to you for 40 days a day for each year. So, for the side of Judah, it is less. Of course, when you try to compare which side was more evil, the house of Israel was top of that list. And... Uh, he is bearing iniquity. He is bearing their sin. He is being responsible for it as Ezekiel. Yeah. Then you shall set your face toward the siege of Jerusalem with your arm bird and prophesy against it. Now behold, I will put ropes on you so that you cannot turn from one side to the other until you have completed the days of your siege. Serving God is not easy. This man is being told to do something that will appear crazy to many. He's being told to do something that will appear like he's mad, like he's run mad, that like his senses are not working well. But that's what ministry is about. Sometimes you do things that appear crazy to others. Some people see you praise God. Some people see you worship God. Some people see you serve God and they wonder, are you crazy? Been cra- called crazy before. Believers have been called crazy before. Even you who is listening today, I believe at one point people have looked at you and said, you're crazy. What are you serving? Does he even know you? Does he even listen to you? You are crazy. That's what Ezekiel appears to be right now. He's speaking. He's doing. He's acting. Now he's going to sleep there for 395 days and 40 days on this side. And he's sleeping around something he built for himself, something he created for himself in the dirt. And he goes on and says, But as for you, take wheat, barley, beans, lentils, millet, and spelt, put them in one vessel, and make them into bread for yourself. 
You shall eat it according to the number of days that you lie on your side. 390 days. He says, this is your food. Wheat, barley, beans, lentils, millet, and spelt. Simple food, that's what you shall eat all those days. So, you take them in accordance to knowledge of how much will be enough for you. Because you are not supposed to leave that place. Hmm? Prepare yourself. Be ready. Hmm? Your food which you eat shall be 20 shekels a day by weight. And you shall eat it from time to time. He's even giving him the measures of what he will, he will eat for his meals. The water you drink will be the sixth part of a hen by measure. You shall drink it from time to time. Is being specific. You know, God can be specific for some things. And you need to keep them. If this man eats or drinks more than he was told to, that's a, is something to sort out with God. Because God has been specific on what he should eat. The quantities he should eat. What he should drink. There are some things that God has been specific with us. And God has been specific to you about your family. And God has been specific to you about your job. And God has been specific to you about your spouse. And you are owed to obey and do as he has said. Because if you don't, then you are creating a problem for yourself. Because there is a change or there could be a change in the communication that you have. There could be also a change in the message that you're going to deliver. God is very clear with him. God is very specific with him. And he tells him, this is what you shall eat. This is what you shall drink. And he says, you shall eat it as a barley cake. Having baked it, wait, hear this. Having baked it in their sight over human dung. Now, everything here is a typical representation of complete madness to those who will watch. He's saying you will use human dung. Of course, we know that uh, with all sorts of technology, there are some things that can be done. Here, we are told over human dung, he will be able to bake his cake. Now, the Lord says, use that, detestable as it may seem. Of course, where will it come from? Because he's not going to go out collecting it. It could be his own. Then the Lord said, Thus will the sons of Israel eat their bread unclean among the nations where I will banish them. But I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I've, been I've never been defiled. From my youth until now, I have never eaten what died of itself. All was torn by the beasts. Nor has any clean meat even ever entered my mouth. He's saying, I have been a clean man. Okay, you're giving me what I should do, but I've been a clean man. I've done the best. I've represented you. I've followed the law as it was written and given by Moses. Hmm? He's saying, then he said to me, see, I'll give you cow's dung in place of human dung over which... You prepare your bread. Now, there's a change here for him. He says, okay, let, let me have mercy 
God is saying, yeah, okay, let me have mercy. You won't use the human dung, but you shall use cow dung in preparation. And he tells him, that's what I'll give you instead. Moreover, he said to me, son of man, behold, I'm going to break the staff of bread in Jerusalem. And they will eat bread by weight and with anxiety and drink water by measure and in horror because bread and water will be scarce and they will be appalled with one another and waste away in their iniquity. You know, when there is lack, sometimes a representation of judgment. Israel here is being told there shall be lack, there shall be scarcity. Everything you eat, you shall measure. When you're going to eat food, you'll measure it. You'll spare small portions for everybody. And living in lack is not good. Living in lack, working in portions, lack of abundance are things that we need to ask God to help us move past. Yeah? And for Israel, because of iniquity, it can represent judgment, by the way. And because of what Israel has been, what Judah has done, they shall live in such a manner, live in a life of scarcity. That's what, what God has told them. And he goes and says, As for you, son of man, take a sharp sword, take and use it as a barber's razor on your head and beard. Everything Ezekiel is doing, or is meant to do, appears crazy. Now they are going to see him using a sharp sword to work on his hair and beard to cut them off. And then says, take, then take scales for weighing and divide the hair. It's going to weigh his hair and divide it. I don't know how it must have been heavy and a lot on the head that he can be able to put it on a weighing scale, and know how much it weighs. Yeah, And says, him, says to him, divide the hair. One third you shall burn in the fire at the center of the city when the days of the siege are completed. So after the 390 and the 40 days, you shall get one third of that hair which you cut off and go and burn it in the center of the city. Yeah, Then you shall take one third and strike it with the sword all around the city. And one third you shall scatter to the wind, and I will unsheath a sword behind them. Take also a few in number from them, and bind them in the edges of your robes. He tells him, Take again some of them, and throw them into the fire, and burn them in the fire. From it a fire will spread all round the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord God. This is Jerusalem. I have set her at the center of nations. God is saying, that this is Jerusalem, my nation. I've put them at the center of nations. All nations, by the way. That's what God is saying. Yeah? With lands around her. But she has rebelled against my ordinances more wickedly than the nations and against my statutes more than the lands which surround her, for they have rejected my ordinances and have not walked in my statutes. If Judah is being compared to having walked in more wicked ways than even the other heathen nations, that shows you there was extreme high and extreme wickedness going on in Judah. 
we saw what the other nations would do. We saw the things they would do. Yeah? How they would sacrifice children. How they would practice all sorts of things. Homosexuality. Like it was with Sodom. We saw how they would worship other gods. All that Judah did. All that Judah did. Because if it's being rated, even above some of the heathen nations, above some of the Gentile nations, then clearly the life they lived was one that was wicked. And they did not walk with God. They did not walk in his statutes. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have more turmoil than the nations which surround you, and have not walked in my statutes, nor observed my ordinances, nor observed the ordinances of the nations which surround you. Yeah? Therefore, thus says the Lord God. Now, there's an interesting statement here, that you have not walked in my statutes, you have not observed my ordinances, you have not even observed the ordinances of the nations around you. When you read into history, there are nations that were proper and walking in a disciplined manner. And they are being compared here. At least, if you couldn't walk, like I've told you, you would have followed those who are quite moral in their conduct. Yeah? But they still didn't do that. And it says, I will execute judgments among you in the sight of the nations. And it goes on and says, because of all your abominations, which you do, yeah, among you, what I have not done. Because of all your abominations, I will do among you what I have not done. And the like of which I will never do again. God is saying, I'm going to do something. I've not done it before. And after I've done it, I will not do it again. But I'm going to do it to you. Therefore, the fathers will eat. Oh, God. There are sons among you. And sons will eat their fathers. For I'll execute judgments on you. And scatter all your remnant to every wind. There will be such a scarcity. That they will resort to cannibalism. So as I live, declares the Lord God. Surely, because you have defiled my sanctuary with all your detestable idols. And with all your abominations, therefore, I will also withdraw. And my eye will have no pity, and I will not spare. In the temple of Jerusalem, they had done all sorts of abominations. Time came and they were putting even idols of other gods. In our sanctuaries today, places of worship, who do we serve? Who do we worship? It may have a label that is a church of God. It might have a label that it's a place for God to come. It may have a label that it was built for ministry. But when within it, you have other gods you serve. You've created small gods. You've created cults within the walls. And that is what you serve. Quite similar to what the people of Judah had done. The temple was there, represented God. It was known that that's where God dwells. But then they had put different gods in there, put poles of gods to serve, put images of gods to serve. And abominations were going in there. They were doing things that are detestable before God. Yeah? Things that are not right. 
in his presence. Yeah? An abomination is something that is completely unacceptable. It's something that is not supposed to be done. And that is what they were doing in the temple. Even in our churches today, in our places of worship today, there are things that are completely unacceptable, but we've given them room. We've given them room. We are letting them be. We are finding all sorts of explanations for them to let people know that it is okay. That is such that caused trouble to Judah. And with that, God said, I will withdraw. And my eye will have no pity. Sometimes we are praying hard and asking God to come out for us, but God has withdrawn. Why? Abominations in the house. Abominations in the church. Yeah? Things that were of the world that we've brought into the church. Gods of the world that we've brought into the church. And God says, I will withdraw. I will not look at you. I will not have pity on you, just like he did for these people. And he says in verse 12, one third of you will die by plague. All be consumed by famine among you. One third will fall by the sword and round you. And one third I will scatter to every wind. And I will unsheath a sword behind them. He's saying judgment is coming to you, people of Judah. Some of you will die by famine. Others will die by plague. Others will die by the sword, and others you will be scattered all over the world. And we shall see when in, in, in the near future about how Jews got scattered everywhere. To this day, the people who were the nation, the people who God loved, but then they're scattered. And this is coming from God himself talking and saying, that's what I'm going to do to you. Reason, disobedience. Reason, Failure to listen to me. Reason. Trying to do your own things. And judgment can come to us with abominations in the house of God. Judgment can come to us with abominations in our midst. That's why we ought to come out and speak against evil. And I'm talking church, but it might even be a small group. A group, a fellowship. A workplace, judgment can come by abomination, by disrespect to God. And he goes on and says, Thus my anger will be spent, and I will satisfy my wrath on them, and I will be appeased. Then they will know that I, the Lord, have spoken in my zeal when I have spent my wrath upon them. This is something you don't want. God to spend his wrath. God to set time aside for your destruction. That is not good. Because when he does it, he does it to full completion. And it says, moreover, I will make you a desolation and a reproach among the nations which surround you in the sight of all who pass by. People will pass by and wonder and say, what happened to the nation of God? These were the people of God. What came upon them? How much have they been troubled? Why do they look like that? So it will be a reproach, a reveling, a warning, and an object of horror to the nations who surround you when I execute judgments against you 
in anger, wrath, and raging rebukes. God is saying the nations that see you shall fear me. They shall know that, ah, this God is not one you play with. We also need to get in order. Yeah? And saying, I, the Lord, have spoken. When I send against them the deadly arrows of famine, which were for the destruction of those whom I will send to destroy, then I will also intensify the famine upon you and break the staff of bread. Moreover, I will send on you famine and wild beasts, and they will bereave you of children. Plague and bloodshed also will pass through you, and I will bring the sword on you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Judgment is coming to the people of Judah, to the people of Israel. Why? Because they did not walk with God. Because they decided to do things in their own way, in their own manner. When we forsake the Lord, judgment comes. When we forget about God, we are putting ourselves in the position of judgment. And how I pray that we learn to recognize the fact that we need God. And we need to listen to him. And we need to serve him. And we need to do his statutes. It's been written all in the word. And even within us, we feel it. You know that this which I'm going to do is not right in the sight of God. So you don't do it. We feel it and know what God is speaking to us to do. And it's clear that when you fail to listen, you are prone to judgment. Judgment has been promised to come. We don't know when, but it's soon. And those who have not walked with God, and those who have not surrendered their lives to God, shall fall to judgment. And we read his word, and we know it, and we have to be ready. How? Walk with God. Change your life, and serve God. And ask him to come into your life. And he will change everything. It's only with God that there is peace. It's only with God that there is life. It's only with him. That we shall be saved. May we pray. Father we thank you for your word. We thank you for speaking to us. And Lord we pray. And ask you. To help us be children. Who serve you. With all our hearts. Help us kick out abominations from our lives, abominations from our centers of worship, from our fellowships, because that does not please you. And Lord, we want to be people who are fully committed to you, to your work, to your word. And mighty Father, may you always and always be under your protection. Surround us with protection. Surround our families with protection. Surround our children with protection. Surround everything about us with your hedge. Surround us with your peace. That we shall always know that God is always with us. We exalt you and we give you glory and give you honor. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.